0: hello everyone and welcome this is rich sports talk sports talk worth a million and i'm your host nolan ridge the 2018-2019 nba season is officially in the books and who would have thought it the toronto raptors are your nba champions ending the three-peat hopes for the golden state warriors and man this finals has a lot of storylines coming out of it There is so much to talk about on today's episode. We have a lot about the Golden State Dynasty, what's next for them, Kawhi's legacy, and why this Finals was actually not a good thing for the NBA. I get into all this, a lot of great detail on the show today, but I'm going to start with this. History is flawed. As we get further away from the past, the details get muddied. We remember the broad story, but we don't remember the details, and I think that's what's going to happen with this potentially, this finals. If Golden State doesn't win another championship or only wins one over the next couple of years and this truly is the end of the dynasty, people will remember this and this Raptors team potentially as the team that took down a dynasty. But we won't remember the details, right? You know, the little details like Kevin Durant, arguably the best player in the world, only played 12 minutes in the NBA Finals. Klay Thompson missed a lot of time in this Finals, was hampered, and then in Game 6, when it looked like Golden State could potentially force a Game 7, blew out his ACL. Boogie Cousins, the best big for Golden State was also nicked and banged up. He couldn't move in this series. History will remember the Raptors winning, but it won't remember the finite details of how it got to that. I mean, I want you to think about this. This final was determined by injuries. The NBA usually is determined by the best team. But in this one, it was the healthiest team. Because I was thinking about this. If I was to tell you In the NBA, if a team was missing its number one player, its number three player, and players five and seven probably would be nicked up, you'd say, oh, that's not looking too good. If you took Kawhi off the Raptors and had him play 12 minutes like Kevin Durant in this finals, if I told you that, you would have said, oh, Golden State, I don't care if they're missing Durant, they're sweeping that series. If I took Harden off the Rockets, if I took Russell Westbrook, of Oklahoma City for basically a series. You would say those teams don't have a shot. They might win a game, they might sneak one, but they don't have a shot. That was the reason the Raptors run the finals. They played well, and I give them a lot of credit because they you have to go out there, you have to play well and win the series. But let's be honest, when you were watching that game six, especially the last couple minutes, after Clay was gone and all that was left with Steph, you were saying to yourself, man. This finals, this Raptor team and Kawhi, they've played well, but come on, they're not playing the Golden State Warriors. Heck, they weren't even playing the original Warriors with Clay Thompson. I mean, he was hurt. I mean, I was watching that game, Clay was going off. Before he got injured, be honest, you really felt this was going to go game seven, right? And then when Clay got hurt, you're like, well, this series is over. Because the Warriors, they just had too many injuries to overcome. In the NFL, it's very hard to overcome losing a star quarterback. But we have seen examples where teams are able to survive. But it's usually because the rest of the team's healthy. Like the Eagles with Nick Foles, the Giants with Hostetler in the 80s and 90s. I'm just looking at this finals and I'm saying, this was a finals? It was determined by injuries. Not necessarily who was the best players and the best team in the series. I want you to think about Toronto too. They got a lot of good fortune going their way too. There's a lot of factors why they were here. I mean everyone's talking today about how this is a great Toronto team and it's a very good team but can we also be honest for a minute? How many things went right for this Raptors team? Kawhi's great game winner. I mean. Let's be honest, that took a couple lucky bounces to get in the, just in the basket. In that Sixer series, Embiid got hurt and was sick. And I've been critical of Embiid. But if Embiid was healthy, and when he was playing right in that series, they couldn't stop him. They didn't have an answer for him. The Boston Celtics, I feel, are a better team. But Kyrie Irving, let's face it, he kind of imploded that team. And let's also talk about the big elephant in the room. What was different in this Eastern Conference this year? Let's really think about this. What was different? Oh, oh yeah, LeBron James wasn't there. I mean, we forget he only made eight straight finals out of the East, and he dominated Toronto. If he was still on Cleveland, do you really think this Toronto team would be in the finals? I give Toronto credit because they were aggressive. They got Kawhi. They fired their head coach last year. They brought in a new head coach. I give them a lot of credit. I give them credit for being hyper-aggressive. And it shows that if you're an aggressive team, you have a better chance to win. But they also got a lot of luck. They also got a lot of good breaks. And Bede wasn't healthy. Kyrie, uh, it was ugly in Boston when they played that series. And oh yeah, LeBron James isn't in the East anymore. But I will talk about Toronto positively now. They took care of business when they had to. They did win the games. And they did win the championship. So I have to give them congratulations. And more importantly to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has done something that only LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has done. that's one finals MVP with two different teams. Kawhi will be remembered as an all-time great. If he retires today... He'll be arguably the most important basketball player in Canadian history, and to me, he'll be an all-time great, not only because of how great of an offensive player he is, but because of how great defensively. I think it's unfair to compare LeBron James and Michael Jordan because they're very different styles. If you were to ask me, who's the one player whose game reminds you of Jordan, it would be Kawhi, because of his hand movement, because of his ability to attack the rim, his ability to switch hands, his ability to create his own shot, create that 18-foot jump shot. To me, he's the closest thing in the NBA we have in terms of creating a shot, in terms of game style that emulates Michael Jordan. And here's the other thing, he kind of did it himself. I mean, there's been a narrative that you need multiple stars, and while Toronto has a great roster, they didn't have a bona fide number two next to Kawhi. And even the same with the Spurs. That was an aging team around him, and he helped them win. So you look at what Kawhi has done. He's won championships with two different franchises. That's very difficult. And even more impressive to me, he did it year one. I want you to think about that. He did it year one. LeBron James, as much as I talk about how great of a player he is, when he went to Miami, he didn't win the first year. Took him to year two. He didn't win the first year back in Cleveland either. Usually takes about a year to work out the kinks, the rotations, figure everything out. Kawhi did it year one. That's incredible. And he can go to Los Angeles if he chooses. I think staying in Toronto would be his best bet because it's the perfect situation for him. He gets the most money. He's in a city that's not going to ever pressure him in the media. They're going to love him. They're not going to ask questions about him. And more importantly, he will be a hero with that franchise. He can sit out 25 games a year. He's brought them a championship. He can do whatever he wants, and I don't think people will be critical of him. If he makes a mistake, if he gets injured, if he takes nights off, in Toronto, they're going to be like, do whatever you want. If he goes to the Clippers, and the Clippers are in a playoff run, and he's taking load management nights off, that LA media, they might criticize him. I think it would be the perfect fit, but I also understand why he wants to go to Los Angeles, and if he wants to go to Los Angeles, he can. Because guess what? He's already brought Toronto what he promised them, a championship. Could you imagine, let me just put this out there too, what will Kawhi's legacy be if we were to look into the crystal ball? Could you imagine if Kawhi brings a title to the Clippers, what will his legacy be then? You can't dispute if he wins a championship with the Clippers, he's one of the all-time greats, because not only did he win with Popovich with the Spurs, he brought... Canada its first NBA championship, but if he brought the Clippers a championship, the Clippers, the Clippers, the forgotten team in Los Angeles behind the Lakers, if he brought them a title, I can't even imagine that legacy. So maybe that could be a reason why he goes to Los Angeles, but if he stays in Toronto, he'll get paid, he'll get rewarded, and they're already gonna put the statue up for him. But if he continues to build on that legacy in Toronto, I mean, we're not just talking about being an icon in the city. He can be an icon for an entire country. And for the NBA, that would be great to have an icon in Canada. Going to switch to a different legacy now, and that's Steph Curry. And I wanted to really think about this, and want you to all think about this who are listening and watching. Steph, when we look at it, is he really that clutch? I mean, in the postseason, he's now 0-9 taking a shot with the game on the line with under 10 seconds. And I believe it's more than 20 when it's under 24 seconds. In Game 6, he only had 4 points in the fourth quarter. He was outscored by a bunch of teammates, including Draymond Green, in that fourth quarter. And for being the best ball handler in the world, he had some crucial turnovers in critical moments of that Game 6. Can we just look at Steph Curry? And I've often wondered this, because when you see those NBA polls of players that they don't like and people, when they rank players, how Steph Curry's always closer to the middle than the top, and why players were so mad when he got the unanimous MVP. It's not that he's not a likable guy, but this, to me, when NBA players watch, I think that they are seeing something that a lot of people in the media aren't. Steph is an incredible shooter. He's the best long-range shooter we have ever seen. That is without question. But is he a great clutch shooter? In my lifetime, Ray Allen was the best shooter. It wasn't just because of how good he was behind the three-point arc, but it was how many big shots. If he doesn't hit that shot in Miami, LeBron's legacy today is a whole lot different. Only two titles. Only bringing one to Miami. Arguably the biggest shot of LeBron James' career to date was taken by Ray Allen. And Ray Allen helped in Boston, was clutched there, and was clutching Miami. Steph is a great player, but I can see why NBA players have resentment toward him because of his size, because of how he has shrunken in the fourth quarter. And more importantly, I want you to really think about this. Where would he be without Kevin Durant? When we saw Steph recruit Kevin Durant, the way a lot of people saw that they were almost equals. But did Steph realize, and kind of say without saying it, that he needed a better player on the team? Because I want you to think about this. When Kevin Durant is not in a Golden State uniform, it has not been pretty for Steph. Sure, Steph, yeah, we look back at that first tile, and this goes back to what I was saying about revised history. We say, oh, he beat LeBron and Cleveland in the finals. Oh, it's funny you mention that because in that final the Warriors were completely healthy and Cleveland did not have Kevin Love and basically had Kyrie for a quarter and then he was hurt. The number two player was Delva Delva for Cleveland and it took them six games. It, It took them six games. I just want to point that out. Now with Kevin Durant, they've won two championships. And even though Steph, there are moments and runs with this team, he can carry the team, and we saw it through this playoff. But when the big moments come, and when the big teams and the big championship stage comes, Steph's kind of shrunken. Hasn't played well in the fourth quarter. His points have gone down. And most famously, when you've seen him frustrated, it's been in these big moments. So I think we need to talk more about Steph because now... It could get very interesting. If Kevin Durant leaves, and it's Steph's team, it's going to get very interesting. Because don't forget, he's won three championships, right? He hasn't been a Finals MVP once. He hasn't been the Finals MVP once. If Kevin Durant leaves, this team, they're not going to have Klay Thompson until probably the playoffs next year. If Steph doesn't win another championship... We can look at his legacy a lot differently too. If I'm Steph, I'm doing everything I can today to keep Kevin Durant with the Warriors. Because if Durant leaves, because Durant, we've been talking about his legacy with the Warriors. But all of a sudden he leaves, now Steph becomes the focal point. And we will have to ask ourselves, how great really is Steph Curry? Because if he doesn't win another championship, he'll have won three championships. He'll have all the scoring records. But when we look back, there'll be two big strikes against him. Number one, he was never a finals MVP. And number two, shrunk in the fourth quarter. Even though people are saying that was a tough shot, he had a good look on that three-pointer, and he missed. That's his specialty. He had a moment in that game six, and he missed. Down the stretch... He was invisible. Who was the best player in Game Six for the Warriors? It was Clay Thompson for three quarters. In three quarters, Clay outscored Steph. And even though people might think I'm crazy, if you were to tell me today, healthy, who I would start a franchise around, Steph or Clay, it would be Clay, because Clay isn't a defensive liability of like Steph. And he has played in the big moments, and he has stepped up. He had a big hamstring injury. He wasn't 100%, but he stepped up in game six. And you watch that game six, and you're like, man, this doesn't look like Steph's team. This looks like Clay's team right now. And you saw Steph put his hands on his head and sit down. When Clay got hurt. And it was like, why is this happening to me? Because I think Steph realized it's like, this is all on me now. And this is going to be hard. And moving forward next year, it's going to be very interesting for the Warriors if Kevin Durant leaves because Clay's not going to be there. He's going to be injured. And the spotlight's going to be on Steph. And if this team doesn't do well or underperforms, People are going to seriously start questioning how great of a player Steph is. Incredible shooter, incredible ball handler, great player in this league. But when we talk about being an all-time great player, there's some question marks. Kawhi has checked all the boxes. Two championships, two different teams, two-time final MVP. Steph, three championships, needed Kevin Durant for two of them. And the one without Kevin, LeBron basically was playing by himself, but he hasn't won a Finals MVP. So it's very interesting we talk legacy because we've seen Kawhi's grown, but now Steph got a little question and a little gray area. So now we move on to the Warriors. And the West is wide open next year. A lot of people are saying the dynasty is officially dead. Now, I'm not going to jump to that yet, even if Kevin Durant leaves. Next year, it's going to take a step back. But with Steph, Clay, if they can keep Draymond, add a couple of pieces, the following year, I think they could be still very good. I mean, they still have a great head coach. They're still a great shooting team. They won 73 games without Kevin Durant. But it will be a lot harder without him. And the makeup of this roster will be very different. This will be a critical offseason because of how much they will pay Clay, how much they could potentially pay Kevin Durant. This offseason, it will determine how fast this dynasty will erode. I could still see them winning another championship or two even without Durant. But a lot of it will come, have to come down to luck and smart decisions. Don't forget, Steph got earlier in his career for that first contract negotiation. That really did help this team because they were able to give him a more affordable deal and get more pieces around him. This team also, they're very good at drafting. Let's not forget, they found Draymond. They found Klay Thompson. They can draft well. They can maybe find some good rotational players later in the draft. They're not going to find transformative talent because of where they're picking but they could find good bench players. They could find some good pieces in free agency. And they're an attractive place where if you're a veteran who wants a championship, this could be a good fit for you potentially over the next two or three years. So for the Warriors, I'm not saying that the dynasty is dead, but depending on what they do this offseason, it will determine how quickly it will erode. And finally, and... Probably my most interesting point of this episode, which a lot of people may disagree with, and the ratings will say that this was a good final for the NBA, it was a 13.2, even considering they don't count Canada for the rating, this was not a good finals for the NBA. It really wasn't. Number one, this is a league built on stars. It's not built on the teams, it's built on the star players. And what hurt this finals is, most of the stars were hurt. Kevin Durant was hurt. Klay Thompson was hurt. The Warriors looked hobbled even after 10 days' rest. This was not a good year for stars. And even the star out of the East, Kawhi Leonard, he's a great player and I love watching him. For for the general public, he's kind of boring. He doesn't say a lot. He's not an energetic player. He's not a big personality. This was the Sixers with their stars, or the Bucks with Giannis. A lot more general intrigue. But this was also bad because of other factors. Kevin Durant, even if he goes to the Knicks or a different team next year, he's going to be hurt for most of the season. It's going to be a lost season pretty much for him. That hurts the NBA because he was the biggest star this year, playing arguably his best basketball ever. And now the question is, will he be the same player when he comes back? And what team will he come back to? And if this truly is the end of the dynasty... For Golden State, it's kind of boring. It was underwhelming. It's like that finale of Game of Thrones. And what I mean by that is when we see a dynasty fall, we wanted to be triumphant. When the Lakers and Kobe and Shaq fell, it was, oh my God, I can't believe this. This year it was, oh yeah, Raptors won because all the stars for the Warriors were hurt. There's a reason for that. It's built in. It's, oh, they lost because there was injuries. This wasn't the Raptors beating a fully loaded and fully healthy team for the Golden State Warriors. If that had been the case, then it'd be like, whoa, the dynasty is dead. This is the incredible file. The underdog. David beat Goliath. Except this year, Goliath was basically missing two of his arms and was hobbling on one leg kind of defeats the purpose a a little bit. Um, So I think that that hurts because when you want to see a villain fall, you want to be triumphant. And this was anything but that. But really, to me, this final could potentially hurt the most important people in the NBA, and that's you, the fans. Because I want you to think about something right now. What is the biggest problem in the NBA? No, it's not the tanking as the league will tell you. It's stars don't care about the regular season. We've seen it countless times over the years. The big star players sitting out crucial games. Remember Milwaukee earlier this year when Giannis and LeBron both sat out and people were outraged? Because teams charge premiums for those games. Have you noticed that ticket prices, when a good team with star players comes into town, the tickets just happen to be more expensive than a normal ticket? This league has been having a disconnect problem with the players and the fans. Because let's be honest, as fans, we want our players to care, not just about us, but the team. And right now in the NBA, that's a big problem, because players, they're just taking time off. And don't forget what Kawhi said earlier in the finals, when he was asked why he was able to perform so well, and he basically made no bones about it and said, well, I credit to my load management taking off those 20 games this year. And if you're a major NBA star, you saw that finals and said, man, those guys look hobbled. They're injured. Even though Golden State took load management, they did play a lot of games. And the other thing, too, is record doesn't really matter. Did you notice where a lot of the series were won, including the finals? It was on the road. Toronto won three road games. Home court advantage doesn't really mean a lot in the NBA now. Seeding doesn't mean much. If you're a potential playoff team, do you really care if you're 2 or an 8? Maybe to avoid one potential matchup, but there really isn't any advantage to having home court now. In the NFL, it's huge. Because there's so many factors. You could have a great crowd at home. You could have an indoor building. You could have weather play a factor in January. And more importantly, you can get guys healthy because you get an extra week of rest that the other team doesn't. In the NBA, that isn't the case. One thing I noticed about this playoffs, road teams, they weren't phased. There's no home court advantage. And that's bad because one of the biggest problems is players and teams, they don't seem to care about the regular season. And if they don't care about their playoff positioning, they're going to sit out. They're going to sit out big games. And that's been the, my biggest problem with the NBA. And you've heard veterans say like Kobe saying he would go through 82 games and be hobbling at the end of the season. Now you look at these finals and people saw the success of Kawhi and it's a copycat league. You don't think they're going to say, you know what, I'm going to take 20 games off. You know, I need load management. I need to be healthy for the postseason. This is not good for the NBA. Because the ratings in the regular season are plummeting. It's because fans know. The teams can sell the fans that this is for the health of the players. And even though it is, they can sell you that, you know, they're trying to be smart about the whole season. But fans see through that. They're taking the night off. They don't care if I. this is the one game I can come to. They don't care if I'm a middle-class citizen who's basically working their tail off to buy one game a year so my son or daughter can go see LeBron or Giannis or Harden, and I paid a premium for these tickets. It's the one game I'm going to go to for the year. And I get to the arena, and they're not playing. Or are they hurt? No, they're taking the night off for load management. I give Adam Silver a lot of credit. He's extended the All-Star break. He's eliminated a lot of the back-to-backs we're used to. And still the players, they're taking the nights off. Because of load management. And I get the playoffs are more valuable. But it is a long season. And you want fans to care you want them to buy into the product. And in the regular season, it just doesn't mean anything. Now, do I think the parity will be a lot better in next year's regular season? Yes. But if the playoffs and the seeding doesn't matter, I think a lot of these teams are going to play their Stars 70-75 games when they see Kawhi and the Raptors having him sit over 20 games and it works for them and they win a championship. That, to me, is the most damaging thing. There will always be teams that will tank. And I talked about tanking earlier with the draft and saying, nah, tanking won't be dead with this new lottery system. It'll just expand it in a different way. And I elaborated on that on a previous episode when I talked about the draft lottery. For me, the biggest problem is not having players play in the regular season. If they want to take nights off at home, if they want to take 10 games off a year for their home games, or for a Tuesday night game when no one cares about on the road, and it's one of multiple road games at that venue, that's fine. But if it's supposed to be a big game, and you're a star player, and it's a Saturday night game, primetime game, and you're taking it off for rest, even though you've had three days off before, that's not a good look. There's becoming a disconnect with the NBA and their fans, and it's not good. Why is the NFL the most popular sport in this country? To me, one of the biggest reasons, it's relatable. Guys aren't guaranteed contracts. Guys can get cut. They can be fired like you or me. That's relatable. Without a warning. They could be cut tomorrow. But more importantly, they seem to care. They'll play hurt. They'll play with a broken foot. There's been times when we've seen guys that have a concussion who should be taken out of the game but argue with the doctors that they want to go back in. I'll still remember the game where Jason Witten, where they thought he had a concussion, they took away his helmet, and he was throwing a fit on the sideline trying to get back into the game. They care about the team, and fans want that. In the NBA now, it's kind of hard to sell to the fans that you're just taking a night off. If you want to take a night off once or twice a year or a couple nights, that's fine. But when you're taking games off for load management, it's not a good look. It's not a good look, especially when you have a fully guaranteed contract and they know you're not going anywhere. So for the finals, it'll be interesting to see next year. But I will not be shocked, especially because the numbers every year continue to rise, if we see more of this. Stars sitting out games because of the load management. Because it worked for Toronto, and because seeding, as we saw in this playoffs, doesn't mean as much as it used to. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Make sure to check us out wherever podcasting is available, such as on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, Apple's, and iTunes podcasts. We're also available on YouTube as well. Check us out on social media at the handle Rich Sports Talk. But that's going to do it for us here today. I'm your host, Don Rich. Until next time, this is Rich Sports Talk.